0: Hello and welcome to gravitas wins Conversations. India has many successful IT companies, but most of them are built from metro cities like Delhi, Bombay, Bangalore, and Chennai. With the possibilities of remote work, now entrepreneurs are starting companies in the second-tier cities. In today's conversation, I'm talking to Munish, who has built a successful company from Chandigarh. He has experienced both as an operator as well as as an investor. I hope this conversation will help the founders thinking of starting their ventures from a 2nd tier city. Hello, Monish. Welcome to the conversation. Hi,
1: Joseph. Thank you for having me.
0: What's the story behind your company, Graysal? Uh, why did you name it as Graysal? It, it, it's a nice name. Yeah, uh, so the name Graysal
1: basically uh, <coughs> was uh, not to... Agatha Christie, you know, her famous detective Hercule Poirot uh, throughout his uh, books, you will read. He keeps referring back to use your gray cells. And when I kind of started this company in 2004, mid 2004, I kind of just really liked the name gray cell. It had a deeper cerebral meaning, so to speak, uh, rather than, uh, you know, just the normal thing. So that's how it's basically, you can say I ripped off Agatha Christie and Hercule the fictitious character, Hercule Poirot. But uh, the idea was basically gray cell meaning use your brain cell. So that was the idea we had the company.
0: That's a fantastic uh, name, uh, Munish. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you get the idea to start a company? Are you from a business family? Did you always think of starting a sure. company? So, jo- jo-
1: Joseph, my, uh, so I'll just give a little bit of context. My father actually is a first generation entrepreneur. So, uh, mm. he, Ran a very successful uh, photo studio in Chandigarh, and which is still been one of the oldest studios. It's been in business for over 50 years now. So, I mean, we'd always, as kids, you know, uh, you're kind of exposed to different uh, lifestyles. So, you know, uh, photography being one of those things where, you know, you could get called at any point in time and used to do all these marriages and all across uh, Punjab here and there. So we were very used to that concept of, you know, uh, him not being around, not seeing him around. And, uh, you know, so something we realized as kids, OK, you know, entrepreneur's life is a little different. A uh, lot of times because, uh, for example, my birthday was in January and he would not be there because January is also like a peak wedding season. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. th- these little things you would realize, OK, this is a different kind of lifestyle. and. Uh, earlier on also i won't say as an entrepreneur or i ever wanted to be an entrepreneur but i was exposed to it as it uh, as i grew older from grade tenth, 11 12 there were times when i <clears throat> used to sit at the studio to fill in for them you know i would simply uh, back in the day i would the funny thing, i would manage the cash box and uh, i was simply told uh, let everything come in nothing should go out you know <laughs> right? uh, but I, I did and not many people know this, uh, for a little time when I was in college, I also kind of ran, uh, my dad had this shop in sector 17 in Chandigarh, which is a very central location. So he had a little bit of space at the ground floor and I ran this audio business for him, uh, you know, selling audio mm-hmm. cassettes and uh, uh, this is really back in the day, I don't know if you know when you had HMV, Magna Sound, you know, uh, so I used to get stuff from Delhi. And uh, we used to sell it off over here, audio cassettes, video cassettes, whatever. So again, that I, that was an indirect exposure to this whole concept of entrepreneurship. You know, At least I mm-hmm. kind of figured out, okay, uh, the basic idea is you do this, you have to grow the business. Uh, I did my MCA from Punjab University in Chandigarh. And uh, that was my first exposure to computers, basically. And uh, mm-hmm. when I joined here again, uh, I was uh, i basically kind of uh, my dad bought the seat for me uh, under the so called nri uh, quota scheme and i was the last guy in but once i got in uh, i was just exposed to this whole new world of computers and this is you know when you had uh, machines with 8 8 mb of hard drive or whatever and i remember i got my first uh, pentium computer and I didn't even know shutdown. Shutdown meant I just switched off from behind. You know, the power went off. But uh, I kind of took a liking to this. I learned HTML in '97. I started kind of uh, building websites, and uh, lo behold, I ended up building uh, Punjab University's first official website, along with a bunch of clubs. Mm. And my mm. first plunge to entrepreneurship was also accidental then, but. Uh, uh, there is a famous bookshop in chandigarh called the browser bookshop which is now in sector 8 it was in 35 before uh, with the founder of that company we actually at that point built india's first online book bank and you mm. know got a lot of exposure in economic times tribune india today featured us because it was pitched at that point as india's first online book bank and uh, ended up mm. doing a lot of other uh, you know website related things as a freelancer right uh, and uh, it kind of just exposed me to this whole thing. I ended up then kind of doing the regular stuff. Uh, I graduated, got a job, uh, started uh, working. I worked for the first four, four and a half years of my career. And then again, you know, uh, since my dad came from that and my wife, they used to nudge me, you know, why don't you try doing, setting up something of your own? You know, uh, mm-hmm. you have the qualifications, you've done all this. And if it doesn't work out, you can always go back to doing whatever you were doing before. right? Uh, 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 and that's how I kind of uh, took the first plunge. Uh, I kind of uh, first resigned from my job. I was working with Quark Media House as a product manager then. And I remember as soon as I resigned, my boss asked me, no, you need to stay for at least three months more. And I kind of uh, served that three months thing as well. And uh, then I kind of uh, started out uh, uh, Gracell again from a small place in sector 17, you know, half a floor and uh, uh, just with an office boy and me. I was initially it was just me who would do (laughs) the coding and everything. And uh, then I gradually started kind of uh, building it up from there. But yes, I would quantify myself as an accidental entrepreneur is not something I kind of, uh, you know, where people say, no, I decided I want to do this. I was, I would say I was nudged into it gradually, but I then kind of
0: uh, took to it. So Wonderful. Thanks for uh, sharing that, uh, Munish. Uh, after you started uh, Cell, who was your first client and uh, how did you get that particular client and how did you deliver the project? Uh, my,
1: So I heard this uh, uh, quote from another entrepreneur, you know, Mr. Pratap Agarwal, when you start a business, and I always remember his saying you need three F's. So people asked him, What are the three F's? So he said, Friends, families, and fools. Uh, <laughs> fool being uh, in my case, touchwood, my first client was not a fool, but a friend. Uh, uh, back in the day, like I said, so see, somehow it's it's kind of linked also, I feel at times. So back when I was, uh, like I said, I was freelancing during my MCA days. Uh, Somebody locally had introduced me to her fiance. Uh, You know, he was studying in the US and he was looking for somebody to do his MS project, you know, help him out with that. And Uh, I kind of took that gig on and uh, it was good money for me. Then also it was three, four hundred dollars, whatever. And uh, I kind of did that and I stayed in touch with that guy, you know. Uh, That gentleman eventually kind of uh, went on to join KPMG Consulting. And uh, so when I started my business, he very graciously kind of gave me my first project when he realized because he was so happy Uh, we'd stayed in touch and he was so happy with the initial project I'd done for him that uh, it was something in the, I can't disclose the details still, but it was in the healthcare domain uh, and uh, basically to do with the at that point you had the Gulf War going on so a lot of soldiers used to mm-hmm. come back with post-traumatic stress so there was this whole application questionnaire that needed to be filled in and uh, uh, th- this is 2004 so they were uh, I mean mobiles are still a fancy but and not what we see today right so the app basic whatever with the software we developed had to work on uh, Windows uh, you know, those, uh, mobile phones, which were more like Palm pilots, you know, I don't know if it, and yeah. tablet PCs, so tablets went out of work, but at that point you had tablet PCs. So it was a cross, uh, thing, you, you know, healthcare kind of application that worked on laptops, uh, which were PC laptops, PCs, tablets, and, uh, windows mobile phones. So my first client officially was KPMG consulting in the U S uh, many people would die for a client like that to begin with. Uh, but, uh, uh, touch wood by the uh, the person in context I still kind of work with him and uh, is uh, I've learned so much I mean from then and now in fact just before this meeting I was with my HR you know few of my HR team uh, just telling them things. things have changed so much now you know back in the day uh, I still remember I could pull a three-nighter and uh, you know nowadays if you tell somebody you have to sit beyond seven o'clock also it becomes an issue but back then you know i we used to spend all night i i mean uh, yeah it was i don't know maybe uh, I, I kind of miss that part also and i don't mean to be sound like a sadist or something but uh, you know those things it, it reminded me of college like those all nighters of studying you would study and then you know and this is all nighters of writing code and just working you know it was such an experience but
0: wonderful uh how did you grow from there uh, you don't have any sales uh, you have uh, you don't have any other office abroad right so from there first client how did you grow and what were the ma- uh, major milestones yes, uh, it took me a long time to kind of uh,
1: figure out what growth actually means uh, very honestly uh, initially and. Uh, as you've heard this, uh, unfortunately, and I fell into that. I learned about. I also realized later, but uh, I mean, very honestly, the first at least ten, 15, uh, for the longest period, the business ran as a lifestyle business, right? Uh, mm. It kind of uh, sustained, the, and the growth was very organic, at least for the first five, seven years. You're right. I had no sales, and I never did sales, and I never knew sales. I'm being very honest. Uh, I have nothing to hide over there. All that business came was simply organic word of mouth. You know, one person would tell the next, Mm. and we would get that client in. Uh, I mean, it's going to sound downright ridiculous, but uh, till three years back, we never used to even focus on sales. It was simply whatever comes in organically, it would happen. And we're still a relatively small setup of around 70 people. So it's not like. uh, it sounds large to a European client, but in Indian context, it's a very, very, very small setup, right? Uh, so our milestones were: we went initially, like I said, started out alone, went to five, then twenty. Uh, there was a period in between where we kind of almost doubled very quickly from twenty to fifty, but uh, beyond that, yes, till the last, we've been at seventy. Now maybe uh, I turned forty-five last year, midlife crisis. Uh, back now, okay, you know, it's like back in the game. Now we have to grow again, you know. Uh, Now, uh, since last year, it's been a little more aggressive and you're right because of COVID and lockdown. uh, Business has also grown. We can hire anywhere as of today, right? Uh, It makes things, it has its own set of challenges, but yes, at least uh, uh, we can just recruit from anywhere today. In fact, same thing again in the meeting before I say, maybe we should have a map of India and start putting pins. Okay. We have people from all over these places. It's just a nice feeling to have. Right. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Pre-Covid, I could have never even dreamt of something. like Right. Uh, Not in my scale. Right. But now today, yes. uh, And I was trying to explain the same thing, you know, cultural sensitivity. You know, we need to figure out people are from where, how to talk to them. And uh, but yes, because of uh, I mean, out of every. Uh, dark episode, something positive has to come out, uh, at least for the IT industry. Uh, it's been a boom. So uh, yes. uh, So even things tied in, like you asked about key milestones. Also, our first client being KPMG initially uh, it was just all about them, right? And then gradually we started getting others. I remember in 2008 KPMG kind of led to Ernst and Young in India. And uh, because we used to work with KPMG, Ernst and Young, it kind of gave us that stamp, right? Okay, okay they have worked with a mm-hmm. consulting firm and for Ernst and Young, without realizing, uh, uh, I don't know if people would understand the historical context, but in the US, you had those uh, whole fiasco and uh, with Enron, right? When Enron crashed. And, yeah. They came out with something called SOX compliance, Sarbanes Oxley, right? Yes. The Indian version of those tools for ENY we had developed. It's called Clause Forty Nine in the R-Lingo. And honestly, we had worked for two years with ENY without realizing what we were doing because they would, their consultants would kind of do the requirements and we would implement them. And I still remember one morning I was reading the Economic Times and I said, "Damn, this is something we've developed." <laughs> uh, I, uh, uh, right and. Uh, So it led to ENY, and then we kind of got exposed to a startup in UK, which led to a rapid growth who were trying to, at that point in 2012, build a MySpace kind of clone, but, uh, you know, their model was really nice. I I feel they started out too early, but uh, uh, they wanted to kind of build this portal for uh, celebrity recommendations. Right not necessarily A listers, but the B and C listers, what you see today, they could recommend stuff and social commerce, but not with that kind of, right. Uh, that really kind of jump started, but the project eventually, the startup uh, fizzled out, but that was a very large project for us because all of a sudden, like I said, from 20, we went to 40, 50 people and, uh, you know, for, post that, then we diversified. We uh, eventually kind of work with a good mix of uh, SME and uh, enterprise as well. Uh, now we end up doing a lot of work with startups and still do the normal uh, B2B kind of play.
0: Fantastic. Uh, at any point in time, did you have to compete against some of the companies, larger companies in the tier 1 cities? You said your growth was organic, but at any point in time, did you have to compete with any of these... Uh, Tier one companies? Uh, not necessarily.
1: Uh, so, uh, what we realized at points in time was uh, uh, let's say there were larger projects available, uh, let's say a government project somewhere in Punjab. And, uh, and uh, th- those requirements we knew we could never meet alone as a standalone entity, right? We had to kind of partner in mm-hmm. with somebody or piggyback with a company, a larger consulting firm or something. So, there, yes. Uh, I won't call it competition and I still don't want to fight. Very honestly, I would not fight that battle uh, again at, at my scale. You know, it's not a question of David versus Goliath. But uh, at times you realize if your client is only looking for something like that and you end up with some, I'd much rather go and partner with somebody and make the client happy that, okay, you know, uh, this guy will do business with you. for. And I realized this in the US, uh, dealing with a lot of US clients also is Uh, they have this rule over there uh, for any large project beyond a certain dollar value uh, 5 to 10% of that business has to go to minority or SME kind of businesses, right? So you can piggyback on that. But very honestly we've not fought that battle Uh, I I still would not fight that battle with a uh, tier 1 company Uh, uh, I would much rather partner or kind of see how we can kind of uh, work together rather than uh, but yes, at times, if clients ask us, and very few clients, I still feel are that educated that they understand that if, at least uh, since we do a lot of business out of US, Europe, uh, they understand that tier one, tier two, a lot of folks, if they simply talk, they talk about Delhi and they know Delhi, Mumbai, go, I'm in the tourist places, right? And we kind of take the Delhi angle and say, we are 250 kilometers north of Delhi, right? We're just right next door to Delhi so i uh, i mean we had a client out of norway once who landed in delhi and then you know we sent a car to pick him up and he came back and said he said i've never seen so much traffic in my entire lifetime <laughs> uh, so but uh, uh, honestly some battles i would not fight so i would not uh, kind of uh, project myself or kind of oversell myself no i can do this i won't do it
0: what does Chandigarh lack like to build a global brand I kind of think about it. If I look at it on
1: paper no, honestly, I don't think so. Chandigarh lags anything at this point in time. Maybe we're mm-hmm. just having bad luck, right? Uh, I I, pers- we have everything, right? Uh, if I were to sell the city, uh, so again, since I'm vice chair for Nashcom Punjab, and we're kind of working together. Okay, let's build a video which we can sell Chandigarh to others, right? To prospective employees, to clients, right? What is Chandigarh all about? Right. And if you look at it now, uh, so I try and play on the highlights of what Chandigarh is. Right, I still have saved this link from New York Times, which says in 2018, which said Chandigarh is one of those 50 places in the world that you need to visit. Right, uh, I still play on that angle of Corbusier and this is India's most modern city. And as of date, at least today, I honestly don't have complaints in terms of Chandigarh lacks something. Uh, I mean mm-hmm. with the tri-city ecosystem we have a fantastic uh, education thing happening right there is no dirt now uh, and it's growing it's yeah. not healthcare is booming right uh, in this region again startups are now coming out and uh, uh, the good thing is you hear more and more you know chandigarh was really known at least in the first 10 years of this decade for a service kind of uh, uh, thing right now it's no longer a service play most of them kind of it's a product play or a startup play Uh, I just feel we need one good lucky break maybe Uh, uh, otherwise uh, I mean having seen now so many other places right uh, the only thing I would crave about is maybe government support because we are a union territory Mm -hmm. and at the end uh, I'm going to say this on record but uh, uh, bureaucracy in Chandigarh kind of tends to play towards status quo they don't want to kind of uh, rattle anything so to speak right uh, they just want the status quo maintained, which makes it a little easier for our neighboring states of Punjab or you know Haryana to kind of leverage more and do more, right? Uh, Chandigarh still, if you look at the IT park area only, there is ample room for them to build a small IT city there. They still have the land, yeah. everything, but for whatever reason, they still look for big guns. I feel the government should kind of come out and support the smaller entrepreneurs from the city, right? Uh, the big ones will always do whatever they're supposed to do and uh, it's organic, right? The small ones will start growing. That's what will attract the big ones also eventually. But we, we've we seen now a fair number of acquisitions and it's not only IT related, non-IT also. I definitely now, I mean, five years back, I could complain and say, okay, maybe the airport is also another area which needs uh, improvement uh, for sure. but. Uh, after seeing what we've been through uh, sure we can do a little better but personally i don't feel uh, it's now we need to kind of build on the city everybody needs to work as a whole i'm sure within the next couple of years we'll see a breakthrough
0: wonderful great uh entrepreneurs are always optimistic and uh, you are one i have seen very closely so you see, I have
1: had clients come to Chandigarh and then ask, you know, how much would it cost to buy a house? Or li- I mean, my ENY client also, even in 2008, the first time he came here, he says, you know what? I should buy my, and our reputation as in 2008 was, this is a retirement city. It's really changed.
0: <laughs> yes. right?
1: It's really changed. Uh, you see, there is just so much. Now it's just hard to keep a tab of what is happening within the city.
0: True, very true. Uh, Munish, now let's go a little further from Chandigarh, cities like Chandigarh. Now with this growth, uh, now there are startups and companies they are starting in even further remote cities like Madurai, Ludhiana, Jaipur, uh, and, and so on and so forth. Founders in those cities, what kind of factors that they have to take in, consider, Uh, before building their business or even to grow the business
1: and i'm talking about it yeah Uh, that's a good question Uh, see uh one i guess with it and i'll just take this if i take the current context today i guess uh for it the biggest challenge has always been talent i mean it's just something that goes Mm -hmm. hand in glove right uh for it business to grow you need to have talent right and uh, a lot of us still since i run a service business uh, there is no i still feel no U.S.P. per se right Uh, uh, just saying hypothetically you you are running white cell technologies i am running gray cell technology whatever right at the end Mm -hmm. uh, you will also pitch the same set of things uh, that you know i have the same set of services i will come out and say the same thing right Uh, for these guys one access to talent obviously which now with COVID has become I don't think so. It's an issue anymore to begin with because you are now. Mm-hmm. Now you have pan India access. You can't uh, say no. I don't have access to that. Yeah, it's just about right. finding the correct person and getting that person to join you, right? Uh, second is obviously uh, things that I did not do. Basically, for, uh, with IT, the beauty is now your location might be anywhere uh, as of today, right? Uh, you can really build a great business out of that businesses are built uh, i have now learned a lot of business is still driven on relationships so uh, maybe the founder yes. needs to focus on the relationships and make sure the processes initially are all set in place for growth right if you're especially running a services business now uh, i still uh, what people lack and which is where they fail or you know don't get to growth is because they don't build processes and as soon as they get to a certain mass uh, it fails, or you know, they just say let it be. Uh, I've just got to this point. So uh, honestly, as of date, uh, take a location like Ludhiana, Madurai, uh, anywhere in MP, UP, you can build a business out of anywhere today. For sure, it's driven by your will as an entrepreneur to kind of grow that business because today you have access to manpower pan India. Uh, business is same for all of us, uh, right? Uh, it's, I mean sure varies from person to person and you need a lucky break to kind of get started. But today, the Indian market itself has grown so large, you know, uh, 10 okay. years back, we would have never looked at the Indian market. Uh, everybody is just happy working. But today, the Indian market is a huge uh, uh, thing, right? So uh, it's just limited to the entrepreneur's will to grow, I guess, uh, uh, Okay. is uh, uh, the limit. Uh, but just one thing is uh, I feel if you're running a normal uh, services kind of business, and there is nothing wrong with it uh, I said this before a couple of look for a USP maybe try and build a niche uh, you know at least where you can stand out from the crowd uh, it, it might take you a couple Absolutely. of years to figure it out okay okay these are our core areas of competency uh, but then work towards that basically rather than just uh, building a play all kind of uh, business uh, maybe kind of and and trust me we all feel we don't know it but gradually as you run your business you yourself figure out okay this this is my audience right everything does not work for me yeah so you need to kind of just mm. figure this out and the last thing i feel which was a limitation now which is gradually is access to mentoring right uh, uh, that's a critical factor uh, because uh, my mistake was I had access. I never leveraged it initially because I just, like I said, I just let it run at its own pace. Uh, things that I know now, I wish I had known then would have made it easy. But nowadays, uh, all these organizations, and I'm now talking about our own local ecosystem, but it's applicable anywhere. You know, you have networks like Thai, NASCOM, right? Uh, they provide ample room for mentors. Like you have all these local area, I mean, uh, industry associations, right? You just need to kind of figure out and tap into the network, right? And you will always meet people who have grown their business to a substantial scale and you can learn from them. But and, uh, uh, initially, mentoring used to be very, you know, it was like a one off session. And I feel now you need to find a mentor and work with that guy for years, not it's not like a one meeting kind of thing, you know, one meeting you will get, I call it Gyan, but it's uh, you need to go back, you know, every quarter. Okay, you told me to do this, I've done this and this is what we have done. You know, maybe four meetings a year. It's like a board, right? The board is there to guide, right? So you need to find a mentor and work towards that thing. Okay, let's just make this into an ongoing kind of process until I get to a critical mass, right?
0: Wonderful. Uh, yeah, uh, that was one of the questions that I had. So what kind of uh, role that individual mentors, say, for example, Munish as an individual person and organizations and associations like Thai and Nashkam play in shaping up the founder's mindset in, in building and scaling? Individual and uh, association, what kind of help do they provide? I think
1: so both are extremely critical because mostly what happens is individuals end up becoming parts of associations, right? So, you know, they are there. Uh, 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 It's at multiple levels. Uh, So, one, initially, maybe it might start off more for a budding entrepreneur, more as an aspirational, inspirational thing. Okay, I want to do this, Mm. right? Uh, So, you aspire and you're inspired by somebody. I'm using both words. Uh, but mm-hmm. they're separate but you know you aspire to be something and you inspire you are inspired by something right the network basically then as your business grows it's like in any startup right at different stages you might need different forms of mentoring uh, early stage mm. certain set of mentors might be good for you because they help you get to a point let's say i i would say i would quantify myself more as an early stage yeah. mentor right uh, get your business mm. off the ground get it to a certain point uh, now the thing is now i if I'm telling you I am your correct mentor to help you grow from, let's say, 50 people to 200 people, it's a lie. I've not grown my own business till there, Right. You should kind mm. of look for the, I, See, see, people think of mentoring as a one way. It's a two way street. Even the mentee needs to kind of establish, mm. OK, this mentor works for me, right? Uh, I have got to this stage and this mentor has got to. So there is value for me, right? Uh, Mm-hmm. It's not a one-way. One person is just telling you stuff. So, uh, sure, uh, those might work as one-off sessions. You have specific issues somebody can. But for a mentee-mentor relationship, yes, the organizations like you said, time ascom are extremely important because they provide you access to those mentors. You know, you have this collective access to numerous people that you won't have, won't have otherwise, right? Plus, most of these organizations also have networking events where you meet different people, right? Sometimes uh, (coughs) mentoring can also mean buddy uh, relationships, right? Uh, Mentoring is all about, let's say, growth, but there are numerous other problems that you face, right? Some things Mm. you don't want to discuss, you might discuss with a friend, but not with your mentor for whatever reason, right? So Mm. access Mm. to the network, now you have a sounding board, right? Uh, you can tap into different people for different things. I I kind of look at it like that, right? You uh, One person might not be there. You might have your fixed set of uh, mentors shown, but uh, the network, I f- feel, f- plays a very critical role in kind of, uh, because most folks at in the network also are maybe at a certain level. They want to give back also. So that's also, uh, mm. I keep saying, uh, people think of it as a one, it's a two-way street. You need two hands to clap. So both folks kind of need to work together, and uh, I've at least seen this in the local ecosystem now. That when you speak to people, uh, they come back and say, when you hear of a growth story, and the guy kind of comes out and said, "This mentoring kind of helped me kind of get to the next stage, right?" Uh, because yes. as you like you said, there are milestones and key objectives that every business wants to kind of get to a certain stage. So that's the way it works, right? So they, I feel, they a very critical role.
0: Great, great. So, you talked a little bit about the government machinery. Uh, There has been a sustained regulatory reforms in the last 15 years, despite whatever governments that are coming in. What else will help, especially the second-tier IT companies, what else reforms will help these kinds of ventures in these uh, cities? Uh,
1: I think so. uh, uh. See where the government kind of steps in uh, now is not. Uh, it's uh, one is in certain cases the government needs to back off also, right? Uh, uh, if you look at it with now, there's just too much paperwork involved also. Uh, I mean, compared to five years back, uh, uh, I guess it's a learning process for everybody. But maybe we need to kind of uh, so back in the day when we start, I started my business. Uh, there was this. Uh, IT businesses were given 100% tax exemption, right? Uh, so you could kind of plow that money back into business uh, for scale, right? Uh, 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 sure, people will say it's open to abuse, but it was also open for uh, it, it's again a two way street, right? Uh, uh, I feel the government can give a lot more incentives uh, uh, even for mid-tier. I, I mean, they should start for you have to see it, it's that 80-20 rule. 80% of IT business is actually SME business and the yes. 20% is large. And again, 80-20 kicks in that 80% only generates 20% revenue, but that 20% generates 80% revenue. So that 20% kind of pretty much lays down the guidelines okay, how and everything is geared towards them. It's like, a, let's say there is an Indian tender, a small company. If you put a criteria, the company does not have 10 crores of turnover. They can never apply. It's not a merit thing, it's mm. a turnover thing. Right? Maybe we mm. need to start relaxing those kind of things or maybe I gave that example of the US thing. Sure, it's a 100 crore project. I'm just saying a number on the top of my head. Maybe the government mandates that then 10 crores has to go to SME businesses or minority or, or women businesses, whatever, promote. right? That gives those businesses an inroad to kind of start growing their thing. right? I we, I spoke about the IT Park, the government having land there, Right? Uh, honest answer is ask any entrepreneur in the ecosystem today, nobody will buy anything in Chandigarh, it's unaffordable. Everybody Mm -hmm. wants to go further and further away. Government needs to kind of uh, step in and draw some benchmarks and maybe keep it a little real, you know, okay, Uh, set some parameters in place or you know they still have this thing we will only give this kind of whatever uh, they call it an acre but let's say it's eight canals of land right i don't want eight canals i'm happy with two canals right mm. why don't you focus on businesses? and so many times i remember in the past also 20 businesses came together and signed we are happy taking one canal two canal plots right uh, do stuff and all of this happens maybe at Telangana side, you know, they are far more proactive. Uh, they Here, you know, I feel bureaucracy kind of uh, they don't want to change these things, right? They say, no, it's for this. Now it's for this. Umid. Right. So I mm. still think government can do a lot more in terms of impetus to kind of uh, uh, push uh, business. and. Last thing we all go through, you know, we talk about these single windows. It's never honestly on ground is so different. Uh, uh, it's cumbersome. Yeah. It's cumbersome. Anything becomes uh, and now I wonder, you know, if I were doing this alone, I would jump, sure, we are seven, I can delegate now. Please do this for me, but it's, uh, things are so cumbersome at the end of it. The, there's no transparency, you know, it's even like our electricity, will, God knows what is, how is it coming so anytime we go back and ask mm. on what basis we have two offices uh they're in you know adjacent locations why is that so less and why is there is no answer mm. Despair, you know otherwise so i we have miles to go on that one
0: yeah 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 but uh i mean we should also acknowledge that there's a, quite a lot of been done I, I don't want to be uh, an acr yet yeah, yeah, yeah. uh,
1: uh, you are absolutely right what we saw 10 years back and what we see there is a world of difference uh, yeah.
0: absolutely in yes, 2003 there, there, there
1: is a definite world of difference uh, like i said it's a learning process for all parties i'm not denying that right even though they, i mean uh, they also figure out and see obviously you see that in business. the larger the organization the more time it takes for them to change right and uh, the government for absolutely. us is a behemoth right it's a large uh, for them to move also uh, a few years might seem a long time to us, and it might seem like nothing to them, right? Uh, mm, so correct, that is correct. true, but maybe, yeah, you know, uh, that community. So the only way to solve these problems is a constant communication channel. And I'm very happy now, Nascom has this whole SME Council, which kind of focuses on SMEs, right? Uh, we need more such initiatives that are SME focused, maybe to kind of push, get the word out at least.
0: Very true, very true, uh, uh, Munish. What uh, what does living a good life mean Ah, to you, Munish? I
1: like that. (laughs) Good life means you live life to your own terms, you know, do stuff that you... uh, For me, it's always been... uh, I'm a man of many hobbies. I I kind of uh, want to experience everything, you know. Uh, I don't want it to become a singular, defining thing. uh, uh, Maybe... And every person is wired differently. So like it's like if I enjoy good food, I, I want to sure eat at the best of places. But I will, I equally enjoy my street food as well. I don't have any qualms. You know, uh, I mean, uh, maybe when you start out, uh, it's a lot about, you know, good life becomes what you're showing to others rather than what you're doing yourself. I'm at that stage where I want to, you know, it's for uh, doing things for yourself. Your family, maybe, but uh, uh, just uh, enjoying things that you do. So, maybe there are things uh, I'm not a very fancy car kind of guy, uh, and I would not maybe splurge on a car, but uh, uh, I'm very fond of art. Or, you know, I'm just saying, uh, going yeah. out for a run, uh, I'm in some event somewhere uh, rather than buying a um, uh, again, let's say market for 50 lakhs, I would kind of spend my 50 lakhs on maybe. Uh, doing some kind of weird you know, event uh, which I would enjoy running, right? Uh, maybe there is one that happens, seven marathons in seven continents in seven days. So, uh, I would much rather just put my money there and do that uh, than uh, buy a car for that matter.
0: Understood. Uh, luxury is different for everybody. Yes, but at the end,
1: uh, <laughs> I do know people who genuinely love cars so I have nothing against cars. I just use that as an example. Uh, The bottom line is do stuff for yourself, not for others, basically. Uh, As a society, I mean, we're getting there. I see the younger generation is there, but our generation, a lot of it is, and I also fall in what will others say, but now you have to kind of learn to, uh, you know, what might seem extravagant to them might be your hobby or your passion or whatever. Sure. It's, uh, if it's worth it, worth it. i know. Absolutely. In they say no there is no uh, there is no cost to your passion basically
0: absolutely Uh munish thanks a lot for taking the time uh, to talk to me about this uh munish i really appreciate your time my pleasure okay i hope you enjoyed our conversation please share what you liked in our conversation on social media and tag us thank you Have a life of medicine.